Demons Discuss, take 22, the one with the bite. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hey, listeners. Hey, everybody. And we have a jam-packed episode. We are talking about, which chapters are we talking about, Jean? 30 through 34, and I couldn't be happier. Yay! (laughs) Round of applause. (laughs) Me too. All right. So let's start with our discussor emails. Go, Jean. Kate H. says, Chapters 30 to 34 were a major roller coaster to read. I distinctly remember stress drinking almost an entire bottle of wine whilst drinking them. Well, (laughs) excuse me, whilst reading them. I would not have handled Diana's ordeal nearly as well as she did. In fact, I'm certain I would not have survived it. Baldwin drove me crazy with his calm rationale. I really just wanted to smack him. When I first read about the Bishop House, it reminded me of a cat. The house is a bit standoffish and wary when it gets to meet a new person, but also has a sly and slightly wicked sense of humor. It seems to me that Tabitha often acts as the house is familiar as she more than belongs to the house than the witches who reside there. Hope you enjoy my night, late night ramblings, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. I know. I like the, I like the cat, the house having their own familiar. That's kind of fun. <laughs> That's cute. I like that you said drink it instead of read it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stress. <laughs> Angela, who do you have? I have Camille. She says, hello, demons. I saw that you were going to discuss the Bishop House and immediately got excited. This house is all of my historical fantasy dreams come true. Grumpy and wise ancestors, sassy house, and spirited occupants. Above all else, I was mostly interested in the ancestors that still lived or at least passed by there. This brings up all sorts of questions, but I mostly want to ask why Diana, Emily, and Sarah don't take advantage of their little literal walking, talking history books they have available to them. The three women seem to rarely speak to the ghosts and instead have developed a relationship that instead makes it seem they are house guests that have overstayed their welcome. And while I do understand that after some time, you may get a bit sick of ghosts always being around. For someone like me, who would love to chat with both recent and distant ancestors, I can't help but think of the three might be a little ungrateful. I love listening to the podcast and cannot wait to stream All Souls Con. Best, Camille. Thank you, Camille. Thank you. I think she's new. Thank you. We haven't heard from her yet. Yes. Brand new. All right. So I have one from Kate S. And I took an excerpt because hers was rather long. Sorry, Kate. But I took out the very interesting parts. She says, Hello, demons. My main thought thoughts on these chapters are when we meet Baldwin. Having read the series multiple times, I think he is the most interesting, but the most overlooked. All of the readers' interactions and biases of Baldwin are from the character's point of view. We never get the details of his backstory as we do Matthew, Marcus, and Isabeau. Here is the second son who suddenly has to assume the duties of the head of the family from Philippe during war. I doubt he was given much time to mourn Philippe or even anyone asking how he was doing. Isabeau was grieving her mate and Matthew was being all self-absorbed Matthew. And here are my notes on her. She goes on to share some really poignant thoughts and I feel she truly has a grasp of uh, Baldwin's point of view. She brings up scenes in the book of life that paint Baldwin with a fine brush and may open many of you guys' eyes. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. And she ends the uh, email saying, I'm totally hashtag Team Baldwin. 
Kate. And thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Reading from the same missile that we are. (laughs) Exactly. From from the beginning of chapter 30. Um, Just a note to the listeners that uh, we read the excerpts of these emails, but as Valerie said, she will put the entire email in our show notes or or link to them rather. Yeah. Yeah. And Jean, you have one more, you said. Yes, I do. I have one from Root. Okay. And again, I will do some excerpts from this because this one's rather long as well. Thoughts on chapters 30 to 34 of Discovery of Witches. Matthew's guilt about Diana being kidnapped. He reacted just like he like was expected, taking the blame for falling asleep. The rescue scene was fantastic, and Diana did her part in saving herself and fighting like a real De Claremont woman. Next next point? Thoughts on meeting Baldwin. I must confess I didn't like him in 8 Hour for the most part of uh, Book of Life, but he ultimately won my heart. I really look forward to know more about him, maybe in the Marcus book and another book. I think he's a very interesting character. Thoughts on Sarah and Emily. Sarah was not easy to love at the start. How she dealt with Diana not showing any signs of magic, the fact that Diana was just like her mother is most must have been hard on Sarah. She lost her sister and took care of her niece that despises everything her mother represented and wanted to stay as far away from possible from magic. That must have been hard for Sarah. Wish we had more time with these two, but it was really cool to see them and how they react to all these things, Diana being with a vampire, Matthew, then Miriam and Marcus, the demons. How about that house, eh? The house is a character. The secrets, the magic, is what the first time I heard of a house with a temper and what a temper I think the magic of the former inhabitants kind of lingers in the house. Kisses from Portugal. Root. Thanks, Root. Kisses. Demon Thank kisses. <laughs> That's my kisses. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You get to do yours later. I'm throwing one in now. I okay. Know. All right. We're going to get right into it because we have uh, some housekeeping and then our last thoughts to get into. So let us open. Did I say lettuce? <laughs> Let us. <laughs> Let us open with a recap. When we last left off, Diana was in the Obliette communicating with her dead mother. And then we found out that Diana's was Rebecca's biggest secret. Da, da, da. And then in chapter 30, we open it up to at Septors. Matthew is in a frenzy and the vampires in the house have apparently all been looking for Diana frantically. Matthew is barking our orders at Isabeau and Martz. And let's begin with Isabeau telling Matthew, we should wait, Matthew. We should wait. So let's go with that, guys. That was better than a slap in the face because she called in. Baldwin to save the day! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of the Batman theme myself. That, 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 I thought that was the Batman theme. <laughs> <laughs> I think it came out more like three cheers for the red, white, and blue. Yeah, good. I was, I was well, thinking, what, you know, what does John Philip Sousa have to do with anything? <laughs> Well, you know, it's, I don't know. It's kind of ironic is that one of Deb's playlist songs was Waiting for a Superman. And that was Baldwin's song on her on her Spotify playlist. So I know. I mean, different book, but still the same superhero. Well, yeah. Does yeah. Superman have a? Uh, I can't sing it though. I don't think he does. Yeah, he no. does. It's kind of like the trump- <laughs> he's got a trumpet fanfare kind of thing that you can't sort of sing along. It's not as catchy as Batman, and there's no dance. Okay, Baldwin. So so enter Baldwin. He did not need a lot of fanfare. His stomping on the ground was plenty. And it was, it was, it induced Mark to roll her eyes. So you guys kind of got a clue of what was. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, the door, the door slamming open onto the wall. I mean, it's like, hey, he's here. This is, 
just not good. It just painted an immediate picture for you as to who we were dealing with. Yes. When he just walked in, I mean, automatically, I thought power. Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. His whole introductory quote, um, it was like a checklist for me because it it just filled everything that I love. And and, and for him to work in the financial markets, I was like sold. Roman times, sold. I, I loved him from his first description. So mm-hmm. um, and what was to follow was even better. Well, and then when we find out about the antipathy between Isabeau and Baldwin later on down the line, the fact that her first words are, Baldwin is better at this than you are, Matthew. Yes, she did say that. He can track anything. Yep. It's like, let's be rational here, people. You would think over the millennia, he would have figured that out or remembered that. I mean, I know it's bad blood or, you know, not even bad blood, but just he didn't want him to have to come to his aid. But it is what it is. He's a better strategy person mm-hmm. and uh, better at tracking. Yeah. I love the fact that Matthew and Baldwin just go at it immediately. It was just refreshing to actually see proper Matthew get into it with another vampire. I mean, just boom. I loved it too. And I have to say that is something I'm looking forward to in the TV show. Whoever the actors are going at it, because they're both going to be, I'm assuming, handsome. <laughs> so I can't wait to see them. <laughs> hot guys. Angela's on board for hot guys fighting. Check. Yes, exactly. And fighting. Ooh. <laughs> Rolling around on the floor, wrestling. Yeah, sure. Who sets of that? Because think about it. Then again, in Shadow of Night, we get Philippe and Matthew. More hot guys fighting, even better. Yes. Oh dear. Well, before we get into (laughs) before we get into the little tussle with Matthew and Baldwin, I do want to point out, as we always say, he was cut from the same cloth as Philippe, fond of war, women, and wine in that order. But I, the next sentence that comes after that, despite these amiable characteristics, so right there, we're not being set up for something bad. I know. No. Well, it's amiable. Those are those are traits that you should like. Yeah. Even before that, when you say he was made in Roman time. And has been was Philippe's favorite, right? He, right. It, that's that's just, that should speak volumes. Period. End. End of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Philippe's favorite. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and when we yeah. meet Philippe and we learn Philippe, learn how Philippe is very careful about who he turns, and in the fact that he always has a plan and doesn't use sentimentality or emotional factors. Some well, maybe he does a little bit, but he always factors in practicalities before he turns. Yes. Yeah. Right. We don't see the emotional side of Baldwin, and I'm pretty sure it's there somewhere, Mm -hmm. but we don't really get to see that. And I think that's what people see. He's not warm at all. We don't get to see a tender side. And it's just like when we met Matthew. I didn't like Matthew when we first met him. But here's the weird thing about it. When we talk Mm -hmm. about Baldwin, you get, you see him in these two chapters in Discovery of Witches. Now, Mm -hmm. he's a very forceful personality. He's totally down to business, like Angela likes to say, very Colonel Jessup. Mm -hmm. But he's not, he never comes across I never really see him come across as malevolent so much as just Matthew's got Matthew's got sibling issues and a discovery right. witches. And then in Shadow of Night, we don't even see him. We've got Gallo Glass, who we later learn has a whole different boatload of issues going on, who doesn't seem to mm-hmm. trust his uncle. But then again, he also seems right. to have an odd relationship with his grandfather because of Hugh. And the only other thing we learn about him is he kills Dracula. But for some reason, with what happens at the beginning of Book of Life, everybody all of a sudden is hating him from the beginning which is just kind of odd to me. You're right. And I don't know, maybe it's because you've got so many people coming into the fandom that just read the books back to back to back. But right. when when we read them as they were released and our exposure to the characters evolved, kind of had a chance to sit 
I, mm-hmm. I think you get yeah. a, you get a different read on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, it does make sense. I think a lot of readers, uh, they deal with that encounter with Baldwin and then they put him aside. And then in Book of Life, it's like, oh, he's back, that guy. And look how he's acting. You know, yeah. 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 He, they, they don't really contemplate him very much. He, he didn't do anything bad in A Discovery of Witches, but like you said, everyone like rolls their, because you get the roll of the eyes by Mart and the bias by Diana, the bias by Matthew, that you're right. When he shows up in the book of life, you're already thinking, oh, my God, this guy again. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the fact I, I know that Isabel respects him, but she doesn't necessarily like him. I think she loves him as a family member, but doesn't necessarily like him. I think it's and likewise. Think, yeah. yeah. This so, sounds really weird, but do, do you almost feel like I sometimes I almost think it's like she felt like he was a competitor for Philippe's attention in a way. Or affection. Yeah. 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 Because that's not her. It's not her child that she has love for that Philippe, I mean, with it's one thing that Philippe loves Matthew because Matthew's hers, but yeah. Philippe loving Baldwin, who's not hers? I, I mean, in some ways, yeah. when you start putting together the pieces with what went on in the Crusades and this and that, in some ways, the way that Isabel and Baldwin butt heads down in the past, it's almost like sibling rivalry to me. Right. Some of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've got these, so. in vampire families to me, it seems like you've got these kind of weird dynamics. Like, she's almost jealous of the fact that Baldwin has that maker to child bond that she's never going to have with Philippe, which yeah, yeah, it's a different I can closeness. See that. Sure, sure, it is a different yeah. closeness, and you know, I, I kind of re- I relate to that a little bit because just my relationship with my daughter, I love her to death, I love everything about her, but she is so close with my husband. That there's no way I want to bust into that bond. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right. with me, that's she okay. came out of your body, <laughs> so it's a little bit yeah. different. <laughs> with me, that's okay. With Isabel, maybe it's well, different. I was gonna say, so. I'm thinking that's more like a true, yeah, that's more like a step, a true step or, or step or, yeah. family kind of dynamic going on there, which is yeah, kind of informing that relationship. But anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. It's just, I could talk about this for hours, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's not just because he's my favorite character. It's just the way he's the, he's been presented and put together. And I, I kind of think Dub's manipulating people down a road to surprise, I, or at least I hope at some point in time to surprise us pleasantly. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember her saying that she loves all of her characters yeah. except for uh, Benjamin. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, right. There was a, there was no redemption for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I feel like there'll be more yeah. from Baldwin she's, in she's the future. Finally, she's finally crafted him. I mean, out, out of all the professions he could have been in, if the financial markets totally make sense with, with me. I mean, to be thrilled by <laughs> flattening a village versus someone's livelihood, I, I, yeah. I, I, that's perfect. And I work, and yeah. I, working in the financial markets, I work with thousands of Baldwins. So maybe that's why I've had an affinity with him from the start because you kind of learn to like like Isabeau maneuver their personalities yeah. and even though I am supposedly the same personality as Baldwin um, you learn to maneuver their their personality and 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 counter their strategy just um, yeah. it's like yeah okay dude right huh. whatever yeah <laughs> um, I loved Isabeau and Baldwin's exchange you know when uh, Isabeau stopped Baldwin where he's upset no witch is going to be part of my family and they get into this exchange about the war and witches, mm-hmm. witches killed Philippe and everything like that. And then Isabeau said Philippe did not want to prolong war. So, you know, we left it up to the human authorities. And Baldwin came back and said, well, you know, that didn't stop you from snacking on a few witches. <laughs> yeah. <or something." laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> but as no, I, I'm, he said Nazis. He did say yeah, well, Nazis. Sn- snacking on the Nazis. Well, and his other part of it is, is like, look at you, Miss. Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. So that's like that sibling. I said more of that sibling thing again. Yeah. yeah, dynamic. Taking a step well, back, though, what did you think when he said when she said that that Philippe did gave specific instructions? It wasn't like clear, but I was like, okay, there's more to this story. If he gave specific instructions, hopefully we're going to find out what that is of why he would not want mm-hmm. um, revenge to be taken. I didn't think specifically. I just thought, man, Philippe must be must have been something else. Must have been really in charge of things if he can make a statement like that and say, okay, Philippe wanted to leave this in the hands of human authorities because he must have knew things. And this is before we even met him, yeah. so I didn't know very much about Philippe. But that told me a lot about him, how he deals with big, bigger situations and how he deals with the family. He He's just holding everybody back and says, okay, I'm going to keep the family out of this and let the humans handle it, but be on guard. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I That was my only thought. Yeah. My only thought was Philippe was bigger than life. life. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. And then Isabeau spits out Baldwin's full name. Like when you say a middle name of a child. Right, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Each name he received like a slap to the face. <laughs> and it kind of shut him up. So I was thinking, wow, that must be a thing. And when I, the very first time we, I read it, you know, for him to react like every every name came out, as, it was almost like pain at recollecting how he came about that name. You know, why did yeah, Lee give him that particular name? And it's like, she threw his whole past back in his face. And to me, that's like, man, he really must have had to do some things that tied him so closely to Philippe that dredging up those names hurt him. I mean, I look right. at it that way because it was yeah. like, it was more like an emotional pain than anything else. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think he has many regrets for any of his actions, but just the experiences that came up as a result of being named those names. Mm-hmm. You're right. It, it just seemed like it was a remi- a painful reminder. Yeah. And then, you know, after all of this scuffling and everything, Matthew stops it all by coming out and says, you leave me no choice. And then he poses himself as the grandmother master. And apparently that has higher esteem than being head of the family. So it's like, whoa, okay, now we're really going to see something. And apparently the power of the grandmaster, you can kill somebody for disobedience, just like well, that. You could- Even the head of your family. Well, <laughs> well, don't forget the head of his family was also a subordinate, a military subordinate to him at the time. Well, yeah. So, I mean. But I wasn't thinking that way when I first read it. Well, I was, well, when he said, you know, when he said a new friend French master will be appointed within the week. Then I was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. He just pulled rank. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I may be a younger son, but I'm a senior officer and he's not. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take your money. I'm going to take your house. You have like 24 hours to pack your shit. Yeah. I thought it was clever the way Deb crafted it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really yeah. did. That the yeah. Setchewers belong to the, the Brotherhood and Isabel lives there with their blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought it was from a reader. I mean, I didn't like it as a Baldwin fan, but I, I liked it from as a reader perspective. Right. But the, but here was the most interesting part of that whole strategy. Okay, so she had it set up that he's the Grand Master and everything else. But then you've got Baldwin, who, you know, he was confronted with his history with the recitation of his names. Baldwin did the same thing to Matthew with the recitation of the heroics of the night. 
dates. Yeah, the events. And, yeah. and I mean, brought Matthew around kind of the same way that Isabeau brought around him. Right. Think about this. He had to stop and think about this, yeah. you know. Um, Which, again, they're both the same Baldwin's- personality types, too. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. And he's like, okay, okay, why would this witch not be able to defend herself? And then we're finding out she's spellbound. Yeah. And how did you guys take that, finding out that she was spellbound? I didn't know how to deal with it. It was just another, t- when I first read it, it was kind of like, okay, this is just another piece of information. But yes, the the reaction of Baldwin's in that moment was kind of like, kind of telling because, yeah, he sort of was like, wait a minute, what's going on? It wasn't just, okay, she must be like super, uh, she's a, he didn't perceive her as a bigger problem. He was thinking, wait a minute, there's something going on here that's way above everybody's pay grade. This is not just a simple, mm-hmm. yeah. we're spellbinding you because, yeah, you know. He's, he's looking at the big picture and he's like, wait a minute, this is the chink that's keeping me from the big picture here. Yeah, right. So why can't she defend herself? And another thing that came up that made me really, really think was Isabeau was like, yeah, me and Mart suspected she was spellbound. And it's like, what? Right, how, right. How, how did you know that? Yeah. What? Okay. So I, I don't know that. Well, of course, we learned in a previous few chapters that Isabeau, you know, really paid attention to witches and their powers. Mm-hmm. But she knew a lot if she could suspect somebody was spellbound. And Matthew sitting there clueless, like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, well, spellbound? Okay. Especially because it's it's such a rare thing. Well, I would think it's a rare thing because later on, or in, I think this chapter, like, who would do such a thing to their own child? Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not something that witches did to each other lightly. I mean, so and it was also it's surprising not something that she that would recognize be, it. It also sounds like it was something that couldn't be done easily. Yeah, no. Easily, and there's there's kind of a moral thing going on there, an uh, ethic thing, you know, spellbinding another witches. You have a lot of moral weight yeah. there right. if, if you're going to spellbind another witch. And there has to be something sinister or evil or, or something going on that you would do that. It's a last resort type of thing. And when they call, well, let me stop here. And Baldwin is realizing that his family is palling around with witches when Matthew just picks up the phone, calls her family out of memory. He's like, whoa, okay. She, he knows her number by heart. Right. What's going on? <laughs> <there>? <laughs> So, yeah, that was uh, something. <laughs> you know, from a practical standpoint, you got to feel sorry for the guy. The guy is ahead of the family and everybody's keeping him in the damn dark. Yeah, he's walking in. He's like, oh, God, my family's palling around with witches. He's like, the it, he's the 50s dad. He's good for bringing home the bacon. And that's about it. Right. Like, don't, know, don't know crap about what's going on in the house on a day-to-day basis. But, you know, you're good for your paycheck. Right, right. Well, and do you, does everyone have that relative? Like you don't hear from that often, but whatever you hear for them, they always want something. Or it's, dra- <laughs> it's like, yeah. and there's drama <laughs> attached to it. Exactly, yeah. and that's what Baldwin's phone rings, and it's like it's Isabel. What's going well, on no. now? Because she's she's yeah. not calling to see how his day is going. Well, yeah, no, she, she needs something. Well, I just imagine this poor secretary sitting outside the door to his office, listening to him slam down the phone and curse in every language from ancient Latin to modern <laughs> German. Right. Yeah. And he He's thinking my damn stepmother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, not even her. Not even her so much. My brother. My yeah. my, my ridiculous brother. Well, yeah. and back in the day, Deb used to say Matthew was the black sheep of the family. So yeah. and remember before we had all the books out and we never understood why. We were like, What do you yes. mean he's a black sheep? Yeah. Oh my God. You can't mean that. He's mm. so he's so perfect, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. no. <laughs> 
Absolutely not. Here's here's a demon question for you. Well, two questions. It's a two-part question. Okay. How do you think Isabel's number shows up in Baldwin's contact list? And what ringtone do you think he has attached to her? I can only go by, like, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it's listed in his phone as WTF now, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> or just H-E-R, her. <laughs> no, that's all I can think of. A, you know, that dun 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. on the bicycle? Yeah. Perfect. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, the, yeah, let's not forget the uh, discussion with Emily, where she says, not safe from what, but safe until, you know, mm-hmm. right. spellbinding was supposed to keep her safe until she met up with her shadowed man. And Matthew, it, I don't feel like Matthew really took it in. He's just concerned with uh, mm-hmm. finding Diana. And Baldwin's like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, the sea. I want. I hope they don't cut out the whole. Okay, flinging the flower onto the butcher's block and drawing the map. Oh and yes, so on. boom, yes. boom, boom. Because that takes two seconds, and that just was such a visual moment. I mean, it said so much about him as a character just in that it's, like twenty yes. seconds. It's it's just like whoa, boom, done. It's a tactical move. I mean, and that's he, he didn't have to stop and think. I mean, but you know what? It's funny because you see a lot of um, maybe foreshadowing or just a lot of Philippeness. <laughs> <laughs> that's a word yeah. that he is, yeah. he's, he's always saying stop and think stop and think and he doesn't yeah. it takes him like a nanosecond to grab that flower and draw out the map and the plan and everything and it's just but he has to tell Matthew constantly would you just stop yeah what's between yeah. think what's between here and the cantel yeah you built them yeah. all and you built most of them yeah you built most of them and he's like uh mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. I don't know right. I don't know oh LaPierre <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean this this comes up in the next book but Philippe gives you much more latitude think stay alive and Baldwin yeah. says stop and think he's like <laughs> baby steps to Matthew I know <laughs> stop <laughs> think <laughs> just think yeah yeah and that's another subtle way that we know well we should pick up that Baldwin is a lot like his father yes and then uh, they load on to the helicopter fly to where they need to go to LaPierre and what this yeah and that thing just this caught me is like they just jumped from 20 feet it's like well, whoa okay. Matthew jumped from 20 feet Baldwin rolled <laughs> right. his eyes like what the hell are you doing now and then jumped after him it's yeah. like okay oh lord and they pretty much stormed the castle yeah. the two of them just this is, jumped like, out this is gonna, how it's gonna be isn't it <laughs> yeah it's like oh we're doing this Great. okay okay and then you know Matthew's like oh we gotta check here we gotta check here we're checking here and then here comes Baldwin again think yes where would they keep her where would you put and her and he's like yeah the oubliette and then finally. Yep. And then after that, Baldwin's like, oh, Jesus. And then he, Matthew takes off and Baldwin's like, oh, man, let me go get him before I have to rescue two people. This is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, WTF now. Yeah. And he doesn't want to pick up two hostages or have to rescue two yeah. hostages. So here comes Baldwin right after him. And that leads us into and, and ass- chapter 31. Well, then assuming that, I'm sure Baldwin in the back of his mind's going, yeah, great. Going to have to rescue t- two hostages. Deal with your bear, possibly Domenico. You know, I didn't sign up for this when I 
woke up this morning. <laughs> right. I shouldn't answer that phone. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> so chapter 31, and we open up with uh, Diana's already in the oubliette and her mother's telling her, you have to wake up. And, uh, you know, the story, we continue on with the story, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time. And now we get dad. I thought, yeah. And then Once Upon a Time, you flew. And she's like, what? Yeah. I flew? You know, all this stuff that she didn't remember is now coming back of all the power she had as a child. And I'm wondering if she blocked that out. Or was that part of the spellbinding? Maybe part of the spellbinding? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bound yeah. the memories too. Yeah. So that was weird to me. I was like, how do you not remember flying? But because, you know, if I were seven and flying, I'd remember that shit. Well, <laughs> and she doesn't really remember a time walking either. Right. Yeah, no, no. She doesn't remember any of that. I can see it easily being repressed. I mean, she was only seven. And then so her parents died. Try to remember how many. Yeah, and then her parents died. I mean, I, I would think there's a lot of repression. Plus, you don't remember a whole lot your first four years at least. So. Yeah. Yeah. True. I suppose. But, you know, I'm just thinking me. I'm like, if I flew, I'd sure remember that shit. Yeah. But if you grew up in a magical <laughs> environment, I mean, we find out later on, you know, with Rebecca scrying and the monster showing up, she kind of just lived in that environment. I mean, permission slips would just show up magically. She she knew she lived in a magical family. So it's not like she would be shocked if she flew as a kid. Yeah, it's true. And uh, we go through Rebecca's story and said, you know, you have to release this ribbon and then follow it up and then you'll fly. And is it that easy? Really? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> And just like the story, here comes Matthew Mm -hmm. coming to rescue her and tells her to fly. And she's like, um... <laughs> uh, it's go time. I don't yeah. know. I, I, like I said in the, our last chapter review episode, I, th- I, this made more sense than what previously was going on. But th- on this read of it, I just thought this was the sweetest um, passage. When, she, when he's like, "Please, Diana, try," and then she unfurled the ribbon and flew. And I just thought that was uh, such a touching. I, I mean, because I know where the story's going now, so it was, it was just a, ne- a neat yeah. description. We finally got a roadmap. Yes, and just like the fairy tale. She does it just like that. And it's like, oh, oh. And then you're starting to trying to understand why Rebecca would tell her these stories. And it's all starting to make sense. She's telling her these stories for later. And so I, she would remember. I think that's mm-hmm. what was touching to me, too. I mean, I, re- I read this book, what, five years ago? So I was in a different place with my own daughter. And now having her be 11 and I'm preparing her to go into the world, it just touched me in a different way to, to see Diana or Rebecca talk to mm-hmm. Diana um, as the child and the adult. It was it was sweet to me. She arrives at the top floor. Let's, well, floor level. (laughs) (laughs) Main level. Ladies clothes. Main level. Perfume and shoes. It's it's oubliette entry level. Yes. (laughs) Lobby. At the lobby. Yes. You are now at the lobby. (laughs) You know, and Matthew says, I knew you could do it. Just like the story. I knew you could do it. So Baldwin's like, okay, we don't have time for this bullshit. Let's go. We gotta go. (laughs) We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> and Matthew's all like, "Oh my love, oh you're okay, let's go," you know. And Baldwin's like, "Jesus Christ, let's go!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll be back soon, so yes. let's go. <laughs> the helicopter out front may be a clue that something's up. Yes, <laughs> yes. What'd you guys think of the? I thought you were dead in the helicopter. Oh, I thought about that a lot since the first read. I mean, mm. I think at the end of the day, it's just maybe she realized he was a vampire, but. Then then there was also the whole vision of Matthew and all of his brothers that he had earlier. And I think maybe she just assumed yeah. that everybody in those visions were dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. I, I thought I, 
we were dead. I know we were worried. Jean and I were worried before the Book of Life was published by that line. We're like, I hope that's not a when, premonition yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah. or, or that there was something, something different going on with him than a typical kind of vampire thing. But then it, later on in Discovery of Witches... Didn't the ghost make the comment about Matthew's supposed to be dead? And then it was kind of like, well, maybe it's just, you know, the way witches read vampires or something. Yeah. You know, that comment, I mean, reading it in the moment, I was, I kind of took it like you did, Val, that she was in the vision and therefore she decided they were all dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they arrive back at some tours. They call Sarah and Emily to check in and let them know, hey, we got Diana. She's kind of a mess, but she's okay. Oh, the whole thing about her, her freaking out and him not wanting to dose her with blood. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Baldwin parts. Knock her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, I'll do it myself. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. But that's what yeah. I thought. He's like, he's like, knock her out. She's terrified. I mean, at least he had enough empathy in that moment to go, God, do not, not just do something. She's an inconvenience. It's like, she's terrified. Yeah. Well, Matthew's a doctor and he's like, she's going, she's gone into shock. I mean, and it took Baldwin to say, well, knock her out. Well, I don't yeah. have a sedative with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took it a little bit different. I just thought Baldwin was like, she's putting out a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> so she's maybe she's you need to knock her out. She's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you need to knock her out before I do something that everybody's going to be mad at. You know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I just took it that way. Uh-huh. I mean, the way he thinks, he thinks practically, knock her out, make that stop. Right. <laughs> so, so I thought it was more empathetic than selfish, but that's me. Yeah, well, it could be that. If he hadn't, well, I didn't. he said I, she was terrified. I mean, it was, it was like, what, you give a shit how she feels? Okay, that's interesting. I didn't take it as empathetic. I took it as his, like how my personality would be like, relax. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, was, knock her out. I make the noise looking, stop. I was kind of looking at it more from a linguistic perspective. If he was just like, make it stop, he's like, just, he wouldn't have said, she made the observation she's terrified. I think he would have just been like, you need her to settle down now. Just like, like right. you said, knock her out. Not knock her out because she's terrified, but just knock her out. Yeah. Make it stop before I do. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, and, and I could saying that. It wasn't yeah. even so much, to me, in response to her being in shock, but Matthew said, can we, can this thing move faster, Baldwin? Like, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> knock her yeah. out. Knock you out, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> You're a mess, too. Right. <laughs> Uh, I have one more question here before we move on to licking the wounds part. Okay. I, I know we're trying to look at most of this from the perspective of when we first read it, but this comes up really interestingly for me in retrospect. It's like, what was going through Baldwin's mind knowing how Matthew and his blood rage necessarily handle, handle anger and stress? <laughs> Maybe that's why he told her to knock her out. Yeah. Well, it gives him yeah. something to do to and not concentrate, you know, distract him from his anger. Yeah. I'm just saying, there, 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 in retrospect, wait, that whole scene was also informed by that undercurrent. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Because that could be a factor in why he told her to knock her out before Matthew fucking took a bite out of her. Right. I don't know. That maybe he was be. thinking that. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he was... It's a possibility. I was just thinking, too, it's like, okay, he's trying to de-escalate the situation as quickly as possible. Yeah. I would think that was his first thought. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I... This is uh, 
religious observation that Baldwin says by the gods, because obviously he's a pagan, you know, Roman. pagan, right, and believes in more than one god. But and Matthew says Christ a lot, which I thought was clever on Deb's part. If they're going to take their god's name in vain or whatever, or say that kind of expression that they actually <laughs> go to their own religion. Yes. Yeah. All right. So what are we doing now? Mm. Oh yeah, they're checking out. Yes. Her yeah, and they're they're worried about Baldwin. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm like, what is it? What's going to happen? Is he like going to? He's not the one with try yeah. to blood rage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Baldwin to smell her blood or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. So that, that's interesting. Well, that is interesting. Maybe he didn't want a fight to ensue like Eleanor because yeah. Isabeau did mention this wasn't J- Jerusalem. Yeah, I know. And this isn't the same situation. And we have to stop telling. Se- we have to stop with the secrets. You need to tell your wife what's going on. And then Diana's like, what happened in Jerusalem? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> story time. Great. <laughs> and then he gives a truncated story about me and Baldwin got into it and she tried to stop it and there was a lot of blood and and Diana's just like okay that's enough I, you right. know I, I don't need to know more honestly <laughs> as we sit here right now I'd really like to know what happened there because I don't think any version of the story that Matthew has given or anybody else has given is probably even close to accurate right I have a theory but I think I want to wait to the shadow of night okay. talk to spread that but <laughs> I have a rumor. I have a rumor. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll start it later. <laughs> I guess one of the things I'd love to hear is either Miriam's or Baldwin's version of events, too, because I'm sure both of them were very different, yeah. shall we say. Yeah, there's a there's a lot more to that story. Mm-hmm. But we get the truncated version for now. Yeah. And then... From, uh, the, from the poor narrator, from the unreliable narrator. Right, right. And then they put her in the bath, and he's looking at all of her wounds, and then he catches her back. He looks at mm-hmm. her back. He says the witch is dead to Isabel. And that's when she remembers, oh, why did you kill Jillian? Oh. <laughs> she, she's all in and out of things, yeah. but she's like, oh yeah, that's right. He killed Jillian. Why did you kill Jillian? He's like... Whoa. And then she's apologizing for snooping in his desk. <laughs> no, I know. I, I She just wasn't all there during yeah. the scene, but you know, it's understandable. True. Right. Very true. Because Satu kind of uh, mutilated her back. True. Yeah, true, true, which true. I did not want to know about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they show when Isabel and Mark brought up the mirror. I was cringing during that scene. Oh, yeah. I, I read it and I was like, oh my God, could you even imagine having to look at your own self? I mean, no. I would faint. She did the right mm-hmm. thing, fainting right there because that's too much. Right. Too much. Yeah. And then she wakes up and she goes, where did the pain go? And it, this brings up one of my favorite quotes in this. It says, it's magic. Morphine and magic are the same. And it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Medicine, chemistry, it's all magic. It's all magic. It just made it stop. That's magical. Mm-hmm. It certainly <laughs> is. Yes, it is. And Matthew brought up the dogs. Yes, and Isabel was not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of watch her, guard over her. And I, why, what did you think? I mean, what would a dog do to a vampire that was going to, you know what I mean? It's It seemed insufficient dogs. Yeah, especially since we know it's Deb's version of vampires don't have the same sort of antipathy or aversion to animals like other versions of evil beings where the cats hiss and the dogs sense Mm -hmm. the evil. I mean, all of our vampires have pet dogs, pretty much. Right, and they're kin to the wolf pack that Uh, aligns vampires with. Well, that might be it then. It might be it, because if he brought his own pack of dogs to watch over Diana, Uh maybe they'd give him some kind of warning. He'd 
know. You know, maybe they'd yeah. let him know. Just as an early warning system. Yeah. Okay, just sitting here. That just calmed me down. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so she relays her story and she told Matthew that. And I, I, do you feel like she forgave him too fast for everything she learned? I don't think so. No. No. Maybe, uh, maybe from the reader perspective, no, I'm like, good, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you. You still love me. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering because it just never struck me as odd that she was like, "Oh, it's okay. You killed somebody. It's okay. Whatever. Let's she's let on, tell you what happened." She's on morphine. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And she was kind of like, "Yeah, she was kind of. She was probably thinking on the morphine. Yeah, she was pretty much a bitch. I guess she did something that deserved killing." <laughs> right. Because remember, she ne- she never trusted Jillian. So in her morphine-addled state, she probably put two and two together, going, "Well, if she's dead. She probably did something to deserve it." Right. Even even she asked him, so you're going to kill Setu now also? And he's like, Sure, yeah. sure, why not? And she, but you know, maybe, I don't know what the look on his face was, but it, she, it says his eyes were full of barely controlled rage. I guess that would shut down a lot of further conversation on the matter too. Well, hell yeah, I'm going to kill her. What else would you do? Come on. <laughs> well, and then we're going to revisit this a, a little bit later when we get to Madison, so. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to kill him. Um, they pack her up. And that damn tea. Damn tea, exactly. <laughs> the damn tea. The tea is like the albatross. She's got to wear it around her neck wherever oh she my goes. God, I know. <laughs> right, right. And then um, before they hop on the helicopter, Matthew turns to uh, Isabeau and says, Hey, there's seven letters in Philippe's study. So, distribute them. Yeah, distribute them out. Did you guys think that had to do with. I didn't. I was like, seven letters. Okay, this must be Knights of Lazarus stuff. But. I didn't even think that. It's just like, wait, all this is going on and he ran down to the study and wrote seven letters. That's what, that's, I, I didn't get past the, what? That's, Again, Matthew with, what are you doing? I don't get this. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you stay here with my dogs. I have letters for you. <laughs> well, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of us, but look at when Shadow of Night opens up. All First thing he does, start opening letters. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's yeah. like, dude, you just time walk back. <laughs> 500 years and he's like, but, he's like, but yes I, really I know he's like but yeah last time I paid this bill late I'm not doing it this time <laughs> but, but, to be, but to be honest in Shadow of Night at least it made a little bit more sense because it's like wait a minute he just time walked back and then when we find out later on he only remembered the big the, the broad strokes of what was going on I mean the mail was probably one way of him of figuring out wait a minute what exactly was going on at this moment when we time yeah. back and trying to or, you know, orient himself but here it's just like oh, yeah, I'm going to go down to the study and write, catch up on my correspondence. It's, again, yeah. what the hell? No, I, yeah. I did feel like it was some kind of plan because is that where Isabeau mentions Elan as well? Oh, he said Elan will, Elan will come and, and take the letters and he'll, yeah. he'll have to do with them. So I did figure it was some sort of plan. I didn't think he was just, like, writing postcards, right but now, I didn't know but... what. I had no idea that it was Knights of Lazarus. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought this must be night stuff. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, So they had, they take the helicopter to uh, Lyon. Leon, and they pick up their private jet. They fly over. Marcus calls, and then he's like, uh, "I'm on the I'm on the plane with Baldwin and Diana." And then he starts texting. 
interesting. Okay, and, I'm know. back to I'm back to the letters one more time. Did you find it weird that he was in Philippe's study and not his own? No, I, no. I, I thought I, thought it was significant. I should have mentioned it a second ago. I thought it was significant, but I just never really thought about why I thought it was significant. Hmm. I guess I didn't really notice that. I don't think it registered with no. me when I first read it. I mean, this time, of course, I you know I thought, well, of course he'd do it in Philippe's study because that's where all the night stuff no, is. No, it's right? not because the seals are in his office. They're, the seals are right. in his yeah. office. So it's kind of like now I'm confused. Hmm. Now, well, now I'll have to go back and read about Philippe's study um, in the Book of Life. Yeah, because that's yeah. where um, Marcus was, and that's where Godfrey's letter was. Oh, wasn't it? That's a good question. I guess we'll have to we'll have to stay tuned, listeners, and we'll find out in the future. <laughs> right, right. Maybe that's where all the important shit is kept, or the Round Tower. Um, I don't know. Now I'm confused, but whatever. <laughs> Whatever they make it to New York, so that that takes LaGuardia, us to chapter. No I know, I know. I did wonder what Baldwin was doing. He had his, the whole table, and he was like papers, and I, I, mean, I, I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't like reading into it, but I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's up to. Yeah, I just think he was catching up on his day that they you know, screwed up. He had to <laughs> <laughs> the day that got messed up. He's like, God, now I got to catch up on all this work. <laughs> I, was, I was also kind of wondering why he didn't fly into Teterboro instead of uh, Laguardia, since that's where all the private aviation goes in. That was, that's just know. something I. Picked out. Yeah. <laughs> minutia. I get distracted by minutia. You know that. I know. I know. All right. So they make it to New York. What'd you think of Baldwin's goodbye? Oh, that was like the best. Yeah. You know how much I love that part yeah. because that's inscribed in my copy of Shadow of Night, I think. Shadow of mm-hmm. Night. Why don't you tell us about your inscription? Oh, gosh. I love my inscription. I think I'm the only one who has that inscription because when I asked Debport, she was so thrilled that I asked for it. And not at all shocked. I wonder why. <laughs> I wasn't shocked. I wasn't either. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, a, it's on my book of life. Oh, is it? Don't wait your turn like a good girl. Decide what you need to do to survive and do it. Yes. And what is that reminiscent of? Believe. It's foreshadowing. Believe. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So if there were any questions that he wasn't just like Philippe, they should be squashed now. I think so. I, think. I most definitely I think, so, think so, too. Oh, I love it. You, you two look like hell. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Then he kisses uh, Diana. On both cheeks. And both cheeks, takes a quick sniff. Diana's like, oh, I don't know if I should be threatened right now. I took that as not a threat. No. I mean, I can see how she, her, her state of mind. But I, as a reader, I'm like, okay, well, Isabel said he's the, the master tracker. He uh, He's taking that scent and putting it, the little old factory. In his little library. Uh, file. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now he knows. Now he knows what she smells like. He's got it stored he away. Doesn't, he doesn't necessarily like it, but he recognizes, wait a minute, this is my brother's wife. She's my responsibility. Yay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then they drive to Sarah's house. And Matthew is letting her know she's worrying about all these things. Oh, we should probably call. It's early. Matthew's like, I already did it. I already did it. Just managing the situation. Which is odd for him because he's not a manager. No, I think he steps into that role when he has to. But I don't think it's his natural default state. It takes real effort for him to be a manager, I think. Which is probably why he wasn't really a clinician and more of a researcher. Because that calls for managing. And then they drive up into Sarah's driveway and we get to see her bumper stickers. And we realize 
realize this is a witch's witch. <laughs> she's not, she's not hiding. Right. She's not scared of anything, anybody or what anybody thinks of her. That I think that's what really made me love Sarah because she just didn't care. <laughs> I wasn't there upon first read. I was like, oh, we got to go here. She was, she was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was kind of thinking, oh, wow, she's one of those hippie 60s witches. Yeah. So there was something yeah. really groovy about her and her car, her old beat up purple car and all the bumper stickers. Yeah. It was kind of like yeah. the witch's equivalent of a VW microbus to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> her little faded orange or purple. purple. Wasn't it a purple Honda Civic or something? Yeah, it was yeah. a Honda Civic. It was faded to some kind of plum brown. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, first, but, first read, I was like, uh, I'm not too jazzed to go here. And I really didn't know about the uh, the Bishop House, too. Everyone loved the Bishop House. And it wasn't until this read that I'm like, I love Sarah. I love the Bishop's House. <laughs> You know, I love the ghosts, but the house, I, I, I'm probably still one of the few that is on the fence. Wasn't thrilled with the house? I was kind of on the fence with the house because it's kind of fairy tale-ish in a 50s Disney sort of way. That's all. I love the house. Yeah. I, I, I like that's awesome. the inspiration for it where she says that she grew up in a, a house like that. And she always wished that she had a house that would behave like that. Yeah. At, at first, on first read, I thought it was kind of kitschy, you know, oh, it's adding on rooms and it's yeah. like too convenient. But now, I guess I liked, I like it now though. I really do. Yeah. I, I, the first, when we pulled up and saw Sarah's bumper stickers, I'm like, you know what? I love her. She gives no fucks about who knows who she is. <laughs> and that was well, it. <laughs> but that's the Bishop that family all through history. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. It's true. Because, I mean, I think that's how I aspire to live my life. I, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> you know? But I don't know. I, I found Sarah, sure, she was brash, but I know a lot of people like her. And I yes, think I related do. to her in a lot of ways. <laughs> I do know a lot of people like that. Yes, I do. <laughs> So they enter the house and there's a note left on the uh, banister. And Sarah leaves a note. Hey, you can have this room, Matthew. And Diana, you can have your old room. And underneath, you can see Emily. You both take your parents' room. And I was like, oh, that's cute. (laughs) Emily just does things behind Sarah's back. And we kind of get an idea of their relationship right away. Yeah. Emily wears pants in the family. Yeah. I get the feeling. Somewhat. Emily's the quiet final word. Kind of like Isabel was with Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. The Omega to... To Sarah's alpha, I felt. What'd you guys think of Sarah's healing powers? Those were very cool. That was, yeah, really cool. I mean, and as much as much as everyone raves about Rebecca and what a talented witch she was, Sarah's got j- the opposite but equal amount of power. Mm-hmm. I felt she was a technician. Yeah, but she she had she knew she was the engineer of magic. It just felt like she knew the ins and outs of spells and yeah, and she would experiment and versus Rebecca, so I could see the resentment. And when Rebecca seemed to have more natural powers, she didn't even have to think about it, where Sarah went through when she consulted books and yeah. she studied. And to me, that takes more effort. Sure. It's like, it's both like, they're both A students, but one, it came naturally, you know, both have the aptitude, but Rebecca was the one who could sit back and not, have nothing to do in study hall. And Sarah had to go home and, and do her homework. Well, <laughs> yeah. here's, the, here's the other thing too. Think about it. I mean, Rebecca had all the flashy, you know, high visibility Elemental. kind of powers and and you've got Sarah, who's a spellcaster. And it's like, at the end of the day, there's a zombie apocalypse. Which You only get to pick which witch, one witch. Which one is it? Right. It's going to be Sarah. Yep. Because Sarah, while her powers aren't flashy, they're the ones that... They're the fundamentals. 
are going to save. The, yeah, they're the ones that are going to save the day mm-hmm. when all things yeah. are considered. I'll, and I'll be honest, I was I was attracted to Matthew and Rebecca as the flashy, the the suave, the easy choice on first read. And now it's only this next time around mm-hmm. that I, I really appreciate Sarah and all that her gifts bring, especially the healing powers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to have powers like that, holy, amazing. And she's feeling too. I mean, she lost her sister yeah. early on, had to take Diana's responsibility, a spellbound uh, witch that she didn't know was spellbound. And she's finding out her partner knew it and never let her in on the secret, which <laughs> probably, probably right. made for some interesting whispered late night conversations in the guest room between the two of them. <laughs> I would threaten divorce, dude. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine Sarah whispering? As I always say, I picture uh, Harvey Firestein <laughs> whispering. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And then uh, we're probably going to discuss this later, too. When Sarah gets to the mark on Diana's back and Diana's like, back off, Sarah. And then she raises her hand and she's about to spit out witch fire. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's what Sarah said. Holy shit. And it just amazing. And that I felt like that scene was so pivotal. It was Sarah just going, Oh my God, mm-hmm. what the hell has happened to my daughter? Right. This, or my my niece. She went to freaking Europe and she comes back and she's gonna spit witch fire at me. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what happened that I missed? <laughs> yeah. I did miss something. Yeah. yeah. I kind of um, liked how Sarah could just like slice off the bandages with a flick of the wrist. That was so handy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's showing off oh, a yeah. little bit. Oh, well, sure. But, but, she's you entitled know, to. You know, technicians, they have to show off mm-hmm. a little bit to, you know, shut everybody up. <laughs> well, but, and what was so funny about this whole scene was when she and she and Matthew start talking shop. Like, oh, I kind of like that stitch or that's not a bad job. Yeah. yeah. I kind of yeah. like how you did that there. I mean, it, they just all of a sudden went into that matter of fact mode. And it was like, okay, these two are, they've got, co- they found common ground. They're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, they bring up the Knights of Lazarus when, um, in Oneida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a chapter in Oneida. <laughs> Wasn't that some kind of Lions Club? There or was some Knights of Columbus in Oneida. Oh, Knights yeah. of Columbus, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. What about it? <laughs> she could have said the Masonic Lodge, but that would have been too obvious. Yeah. And that's why I like Sarah, man. She's just like not even thinking. She's just like, yeah, there's one down the street. Whatever. <laughs> she just blurts it out and it's hilarious. It was awesome. Matthew's like, no, not like them. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. We don't do fish fries on Friday night. <laughs> we don't build playgrounds. Well, maybe we do fun building playgrounds, but we don't do the fish fries on Friday night. We throw money at the problem. Yeah. It's good. We got lots of it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they argue about the existence of the Knights mm-hmm. of Templars, you know, and we'll discuss this later. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to bring that up, too, because before we even get to that, they have a little sidebar of no more secrets, which is terribly ironic and hypocritical. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because Matthew says, they're not good for either of us. Yeah. Yeah, he he holds his even closer as he says (laughs) that. (laughs) Matthew's kind of a jerk. She kind of makes me roll my eyes a lot sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that 
that's what happens with people you love. This is true. Oh, Matthew. It's, it's endearing, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, it gets annoying after mm-hmm. a while. Um, So he takes Diana to bed, puts her to sleep. She falls asleep. And then we're entering chapter 33 at mm-hmm. this point. Diana wakes up to overhear the conversation being held about her. Which doesn't go over well. No, not very well. I do recall her hands started sparking at this point. Yeah, and then they have, have an unpleasant conversation about spellbinding. Doesn't some ghost say, watch the rugs, girl, or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the tall, skinny one that talks yeah, to the Yeah, yeah. Watch the rugs, girl. You're sparking all over and the then place. The, <laughs> and then the only boy which shows up with his berry basket. His berry basket, yes. The berry basket ghost. I remember. Yeah. Something about, are you, am I frightening you? He's like, you're frightening me, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. The forest scene. Oh, oh, your micro, the microcosm's coming up. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, that's coming up. But, but before we go into that, she runs out after finding out, oh, my parents kind of sacrificed themselves to keep me alive. Mm-hmm. And she runs out on the porch, almost has another witch water incident. And she's under and the tree Matthew, her, with her parents. Yeah. Yeah. And Matthew's like, okay, that's enough. Buck up. Mm-hmm. Get up. You're going to learn how to fight like a witch. Which, Whatever. Yeah. Cue the Rocky music. I love that. Yeah. I love a good <laughs> training training montage. I love that. I was all like, yay. We're going to do this. Yes. But it's odd that it was Matthew, the one to be like, okay, buck up. I mean, Sarah did say magic is not macrame. Yeah. It takes time. But yeah. he's like, okay, let's let's buckle down and let's learn your magic. Well, and as, as her spellbinding starts coming loose, all the memories start coming out, too, because that's when she remembers about Peter Knox. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that her father took off and left all night and her mom was frantic. Right. You know, it's oh, like, right. that's, that's a big mystery. I'd love to know what Stephen was up to that night. I, I kind of always thought it was just her, her mom was afraid that her dad actually went after Knox. But I know I've yeah. seen other people speculate that maybe something else happened, although I don't think Stephen was one for impetuously time walking to wherever. I mean, it didn't sound like that was the way you could do it. Right. So do you think he was time no. walking during that period of time when he left all night? I or don't. No? I really don't. I really no. think he was out looking to get into a fist fight with Peter Knox. Right. You know, dueling wands at, at dawn or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that just makes me think of Harry Potter. I, that, right. That's why I said it. It was like, you know, the, 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 the classic Harry Potter confrontation with dueling wands or something. Uh, yeah. Wands at 50 yeah. paces. What well, I was thinking yes. of Hamilton. I'm like, were they to like hop over to Weehawken and had a... Yeah, had a duel. <laughs> yeah, that call came to mind too. <laughs> All right. So back to the forest. Mm-hmm. You're dead. Hang- the fact that Matthew kept catching yeah. her. You're dead. Yeah. I like that. I did too. It made me recall that that was a movie. That was an old movie too. And I can't remember where there was a similar sequence. Boom. You're dead. That's oh, I, gonna- yeah. I know what you're talking. Anyway, no, it was, the one, it was the one with the laser wire though, where she had to like slip under it all the time. And he like, she kept like running into it and you're dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, was that a Tom Cruise movie? I think it was. Might have been Mission Impossible or um, yeah. no. He no. did do that wire, but it wasn't. It, it was the one with um, Sean Connery and th- they were the art the art thieves. It was Sean Connery yes. and Catherine Zeta Jones. It was Catherine that Zeta movie. Jones. Exactly. Yes, that's the one. Boom! You're dead. Boom! You're dead. You're yep. caught. Yeah, that was what it reminded me of, which is a good thing because that was a good movie. <laughs> I, I guess I'm gonna have to figure out what movie this was because I don't think I've seen it. Oh, I can, I'll put it in the show yeah. notes, everybody. It's a good movie. Everybody watch it. <laughs> Entrapment. Thank you. Oh, she was an ins- wasn't she an you. insurance investigator? I, d- I don't it know. Was, it was 1999. I don't remember that far yeah. anymore. <laughs> it was it was sort of t- it was Thomas Crown affair ish. Yeah, a, ca- a caper were, it, definitely. Yeah, it was a caper film like that. 
I'm not a colleague you're having an argument with. I love that. <laughs> when he was hanging, I want to see him hang hang like a bat in the tree, to be honest with okay, you. Okay, so, so... In the TV show? Yes. So between Rocky <laughs> and Entrapment, this is this is our, the films we compare it to. Yes. Training. <laughs> <laughs> but neither of which have anybody dangling like a bat, just so the listeners know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So she's walking through the forest and he tells her to close. Did he tell her to close yes. her eyes? Yes. And her third eye. She closes her eyes. Yeah. And it always seems when she's relaxed and not thinking about it, that's when it hits her. She's like, I see you, Matthew. It's like. And when I first read this, I was like, how is she? Oh, powers. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's happening. And he goes after her and then she just takes off and flies. And I thought, this is the scene I don't ever want cut out. If they don't show this, I think I'll throw things at my TV set. You will ride. I think you'll ride. Yes. <laughs> I, I will, in my house, throw things. <laughs> The poor we will sense the disturbance in the force when you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have to buy a new TV. That would not be good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes, well, when she took off and flew. In the way she was reading the energy, how Matthew was the black, you know, the black spot. Right. The color, right. how she was reading the colors. I think that was kind of cool. And it sort of was a premon- well, foreshadowing of the different colors she ends up seeing in Shadow of Night when they yes. time walk and when, when the, the time when they, is in the corner. Yes. And and, the, and when they open up uh, the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they open up yes. Ashmole 782 and the, when, uh, with Rudolph. Even her Weaver's Chords. Yeah. I mean, she's... Yep. She's kind of spellbound to the book, too, we find out later on. Yeah. So that's how she sees things when she's in mm-hmm. that state. She sees colors. She sees energy. She sees... That must be confusing, I would think. Well, it's like reading auras, I guess. Maybe not so confusing. I was, yeah, I was going to say. Well, it might, and to the person it's happening to, it maybe it's not confusing. Sounds confusing, but when you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when she was in the air and her hair's... In my head, her hair was kind of on fire. Like, the ends of her hair was flames. But it wasn't hot. She was in the. It was, it but was, it wasn't hot, you know, and I, it makes a wonderful mental picture. And I just hope they can translate mm-hmm. it onto the screen. It might be hard, but I think they can do it. I don't know. After watching <gasps> Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure people it, can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of reminded me of the. Was it the David Bowie movie that had the fairies? They weren't labyrinth. Labyrinth was it the but the fairies weren't just like your typical hee hee, you know, kind of silly giddy fairies. They were like old school Celtic. You don't know if you can trust them kind of fairies. The way they um, animated those was very cool. I think it was Labyrinth. Hmm. I'll have to I'll look through my stuff and figure out which movie that was. But the way that the fairies were animated in that sort of reminded me of the way Diana looked when she flew because it was like fire and water and. All the, all, she was kind of like giving off all the elements right. and yeah. colors and yeah. almost like she was being uh, energized by the auras. I think this is another scene that got me when she looked down at Matthew and she was like, and he's mine. After all that. <laughs> Came down. After yeah, all that. After all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's mine. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, she floats down towards him and he's like freaked out a little bit. Well, from reading it, it seemed like he was freaked out. Is this when she 
hands in the microcosm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He well, he started to get agitated. Stay away from me. He was just trying mm-hmm. to ready himself. Right. But she didn't listen. No, <laughs> as she doesn't. <laughs> and then she hands him the morning star. Well, I say the morning well, star. Yeah. The microcosm. The morning part star. Of her. Yep. The morning star. Let's let's be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. What episode was that? Nine. Yeah. I don't know. Chapter, I'll point you to it. Chapter nine, maybe. Oh, no, nine was our. Chapter, not, oh, no, no, you're talking about the. I, it, uh, Aurora Consurgis. Uh, the Aurora Consurgis, yeah. I'll point you guys to that. Yeah. And uh, she says, are you scared of me? And he says, no, I'm not. And she looks and he's not lying. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point they just go back to the house and she lets Sarah know, Sarah and Emily know, I know why you kept secrets. It's okay. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then they got fireworks yet. Oh, yeah. Gene's scene. All the fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah. Did they close the deal? Maybe, maybe not. But at least... I- <laughs> Well, we know that now. No, I, they didn't. She didn't go to bed. Fr- she didn't go to bed frustrated. All right, that's a step <laughs> in the right direction. It was, but isn't that still third base, though? Yeah, I think according to the uh, <laughs> <laughs> last I checked, it was. I'm just, I'm just saying, last episode you were letting me know that was third base. It's still third base. Gene. I know it's still third base, but she wasn't pissed off when she fell asleep, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> And she went to sleep this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and did not go outside uh, and do stupid things. There was no unforced error right. involved in any of this. Right. All I know as a reader is I thought I, we were a little bit closer to... Closer <laughs> I to was, I was uns- Yeah, I was uncertain whether they did, which was a good sign, because <laughs> the other time I knew that they definitely did it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, that leads us into chapter 34, the last chapter that we're covering I this know. time. <sighs> Matthew doing his yoga in the backyard. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that Sarah and Emily are watching him out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, let's, he's kind of like a bird out there. Just, he hasn't moved. He's just chilling. Yeah. Just because, you know, but, we don't play for that team doesn't mean we can't gawk at a handsome vampire. <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> You're so... No, I'm, well, one of my very, one of my very good friends always said, just because I don't want to date him doesn't mean I don't want to look at those hot, hot football players in their football pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I think they were just observing him like what the hell is he doing yeah i did too <laughs> although at this at this point i'm feeling good i'm feeling relaxed i'm feeling uh lulled into my <laughs> uh safety as baldwin would say and pretty soon we'll be shaken out of that yep, yep. bad dreams bad dreams remind me she's i was gonna say diana wasn't feeling very rested because she was having yeah bad dreams about satu and her unfinished speech <laughs> Yeah. Snatches of alchemical poetry and mumbled tirades. (laughs) (laughs) Although hopefully that's just your concern just blending with the fairy tale, but you never can tell. Is this the chapter where... Which water? The house? This is when she she was pulled the water up from the ground. She started commanding the elements for the first time, really. Right. And Sarah suggested he, she could be a water witch. Mm -hmm. The town needed one. (laughs) It's funny. I know water witches, but what are they call them really the guys the guys uh, with the sticks yeah Dowsers. yeah the guys with the stick the, um up where my husband's from they have a lot of those that's how they find the wells it's weird hmm. it's maine yeah <laughs> it's maine <laughs> it is weird up there it is weird it's not there. weird it's just maine <laughs> you have yeah. to wonder if a lot of those witches that flood massachusetts settled in maine perhaps hmm. perhaps i never even asked him oh and then she's eating toast and the butter is flying across the room 
That was cute. And, ta- right. and then Tabitha and Matthew bond, or Tabitha tries to bond with Matthew by presenting him with a the mouse, gift. The mouse. Yep. Here you go. Right. How dare you not eat my gift? It was a gift. Unless she played with it, like cats do. Yep. Well, if they're well fed. True. Like mine are. <laughs> I don't think my cats would even know what to do with a mouse. Unlike my dachshunds who would still, even if even though they are well fed, they would still try and eat it just because. Bite the heads off. Crunchy snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Never one to turn down a crunchy snack. And the house presents Diana with a present in this one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, because they're, they're, they're kind of, it, it's timely because they're kind of at a loss of what to do because Matthew was trying to explain that spellbinding isn't impossible possible and argue not arguing but you know having a discussion with sarah because they're trying to figure out what to do how to mm-hmm. unfurl the rest of her magic and have her learn it and how to use it well right so, and then it throws it throws the knitting at them it's like you dumb people yeah we're trying to give you the answer here <laughs> that's kind of a bad clue though <laughs> Weavers? yeah considering sarah doesn't know what one is matthew supposedly doesn't know what one is yeah Good yeah point. that's well, true right. that's so, true we didn't know what it was either at the time so we didn't know right. it was a clue <laughs> right exactly. we were all in the same boat yeah right and emily's like i've been looking for that for years <laughs> and you would think if anybody knew who what a, what a weaver was in that that group it would have been Emily because she seemed right. to know all that stuff yeah she seemed to know a lot anyway <laughs> and here comes here comes the page yeah in an envelope with the letter the letter was hard to get through yeah I think so I think so getting a letter from your dead parents mm-hmm. oh yeah especially after seeing them in the oubliette yes that'd be rough I think yes <laughs> not to make light of it but too soon <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> too soon yes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well and then not only is it too soon then they're giving her cryptic poetry yes that was not helpful either yeah and they're looking at the page and and they're trying to figure everything out. And at what point did they realize this is part of Ashmole 782? Was it Diana that figured that out? Thought it was. Because... She knew three pages were missing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, doesn't she figure out because of the page? It had to do with, well, the pages... Well, she didn't go through the whole book. because No, she, just, she only yeah, made it. She only she, made it through the beginning. Well, page three anyway. <laughs> she, she didn't get very far. She says she, she turned the picture over and angled the page this way and that. But I don't see any words. Of course, it's no wonder. If this page was removed from the book it belongs to then the magic is badly damaged then it they she says this is the page from the book this isn't right. the only page that's missing from ashmole 782 yeah and it's weird it's like maybe could she tell by just touching it i'm starting to wonder hmm now she knows right away yeah, it's just sitting it says, in my lap. she says give me the picture it's from the book i told you about yeah. the one in oxford because as soon as she she felt the power a flat rectangular object into the open it was heavier than it should be and it tingled with power i recognized that power and had felt it before matthew heard my mm-hmm. blood begin to sing there you go that page she she recognize a page just the way the book recognized her so she explains in the letter and re- and they recognize that it's diana and matthew right okay away. so he said yeah that you're reading this means your father and i have succeeded we're able to convince the congregation that it was your father and not you whose powers they sought you mustn't blame yourself it was the only decision we could possibly make we are trust that you are old enough now to understand well what's interesting is that rebecca and steven sometimes saw the words moving yeah. around occasionally they disappear yeah. and come back out that's that i thought was very interesting but Sarah wasn't sure. Someone has waited for me, has been waiting for me and Matthew to find each other for a long time. And then Sarah's like, how could that picture possibly be about you and Matthew? That's Sarah always being practical. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or someone explain to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Break it down for me, you know, so I can figure this out. And then we find out about her being a call bearer. Oh, yeah. This Which is... was abrupt. Yeah. The way they just dismissed it. Yeah. And then Matthew's just like, he just gives that bolus of information about the birth of a great seer. Right, right. And Sarah's all, damn it all the hell. Why didn't Rebecca tell us any and of where's this? The, right. Any of this? Like, where's the call? <laughs> and they get this yeah. phone book instead. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I didn't yeah. think that was cute. Calls. Did you think it was in the phone book? Calls. Yes, so did I. I did. I did Calls. too. <laughs> <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> I kept wondering why the house would throw out the objects at wood. It's like, what's this phone book for? What? I was just, <laughs> like, the house thought it was check just, the phone book. <laughs> the house thought he thought it was like a comedian up in some Catskills resort. Sometimes I swear <laughs> to God, <laughs> Shecky McBishop. <laughs> Especially in the Book of Life. Oh, yeah. oh man, I really, I really enjoyed the house in the Book the of Life. The house did have a sense of humor. I have to give that. Yeah. Right. And then we get more witch water. Well, ish. 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 Yeah. The Matthew call or no, Marcus call. No, Elaine Man, called. Elaine. Yes. He did? Yeah. 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 It well, was, or, was it this but time? the question was, yeah. is, he said something about Elaine ran into some, uh, an unexpected situation. Well, what was that? Was He began yeah, as my that? father's squire. Philip couldn't manage without him. <gasps> oh, I bet I just figured it out. The what? unexpected problem was, is he was going to, he wanted Fernando to take over as a head of the nights and fernando said no oh yes yep that's it right that's, that's it. it that's it that's it yep and everybody's like well who's fernando diana's like who's fernando yeah. just wait till right. you find out <laughs> hello uh, remember i did that spreadsheet of the nights and i had fernando on there forever and yeah, i was like, like who's, who's fernando? fernando we wanted to know who <laughs> fernando was yeah right although i would say i didn't picture him as awesome as he is oh god no i was picturing right. him, picturing him more as the sean connery character in the original Highlander, kind of like a jovial, but not necessarily yeah. as helpful as he was. The the, the, you, the, you the don't one that they call the Spanish peacock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I pictured him as a Don Quixote sidekick, which was, isn't a good thing. You were so, <laughs> no. you were so wrong. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. And then Matthew's phone buzzed again, and that would be Marcus, mm-hmm. and she says, go talk to him in private. And then all of a sudden, he and Miriam are on, on their way. They have to deliver you a message. And I'm thinking, well, couldn't they have just told him over the phone? Yeah. <laughs> right. Know? I found it weird, but I guess with the genetic information they were carrying with them, I don't think they wanted it in anybody else's hands, or maybe they didn't want the phone call intercepted. So that's how they did it. So, and they have money, so why not fly across yeah. the ocean? Right. <laughs> And deliver it well, itself. and then you just had to get them all in the same spot. Yeah, because it works out for the story right. as well. I was okay with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and we figure out that uh, Diana's got a problem with people not staying with her in she the house. She wants to be the hostess with the mostess. Listen to me, man. If they want to stay in a hotel, I'm fine with that. I, I didn't get her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man. Trust me, house guests, they they sound like they'd be great now since you've never had to have them before, but the novelty will wear off quickly. These are things that surprise me about Diana. I never thought she'd want lots and lots of babies, you know? I never thought she'd be upset if her guests didn't stay in her house with her. So, yeah, I guess maybe she was a latent family person or maybe she was somebody that really wanted her family around her and just didn't have it around her most of her life. 
life. So yeah. mm-hmm. it might have been a repressed thing. And worried about being a stepmom. I thought that was kind of cute. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. So, and with that, we're waiting for the house to do its thing at the end of chapter 34. Right. And then Matthew goes, which is so surprising, or just bishop? Sarah goes, <laughs> no, just bishops. <laughs> So I thought that was something special. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And a good place to end our discussion. Yes. So yay. Yay. We did it. All right, guys. Do we have housekeeping? Yes. All right. Housekeeping. So housekeeping. Who's going first? I have housekeeping. We got a new iTunes review. So thank you. It's from LRZ and ABQ from United States. I love the women on the show. I don't have buddies to geek out with regarding the All Souls world. So I geek out with them and learn lots from them along the way. Keep on keeping on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's that's exactly how the demons found each other. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I have one as well. Okay. Hi, ladies. I've been MIA for a while with life things. Exciting life things, not bad life things. And now I'm finally catching up with the podcast. Nothing really to add except I think of Lucius Varanus from the HBO's Rome when I think of Baldwin. A deep sense of honor and duty and not really here for anyone's shit. So it'd be just great if everyone fell in line. <laughs> God, I agree with you there, Michelle. Very good. Also, I'm not sure if it's been addressed, but can we please talk about how the most unbelievable things in this entire series isn't the vampires, witches, and demons, or even time walking, but the fact that Diana got tenure at Yale by 33. Love the podcast, and I'm always excited when it comes up in my updates. Sorry I won't be at the All Souls Con, but I'll be busy getting married that weekend. Michelle, the INTJ. Congratulations, Michelle. We're sorry we can't make the wedding, but we'll be thinking of you. Congrats. I guess we lost our invitation in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! And for our listeners, Michelle was the one who actually gave us the idea to do the personality episode. And that was a very popular episode. That was fun. That was a fun episode to do. Yeah. It's kind of where we took off, I think. The personality episode. I know. That's where this podcast started taking off. Finding its feet. Oh, let's see what I have. I have some housekeeping and I went cleaned up our Facebook feed and got a couple of messages for me to read. So the first one is from Teresa. And she says, you ladies make listening to your podcast so enjoyable. You make me laugh or chuckle in all. Good to have a release to listen amongst the turmoil of the world these days. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, I don't want to deal with the, the turmoil of the world today either. So no. this, this works. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thanks for this tuning works. in. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, Teresa, why aren't you a discusser? What's going on now? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Become a discusser. I want to see, got it. I want to see your name on yes. there. Yes. Come on. All right. And uh, also, we got a message from Carmen. We know you have things to say. Oh, so come, come on, on, Teresa. Say, say your things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we also got a message from. Speak your mind. God, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You called. All right. So our message from Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we also got a message from Carmen. Hi, ladies. This message is for Angela. So you listening, Angela? This is for you. Oh, ears perked up. Yep. I just discovered your podcast two days ago. I'm finally to take eight 
podcast. And Take 8, I believe, is our personality episode. Is it right? Am I right there? I believe. Yep. Yes, that is true. Okay. Oh, she goes on to say that here. And the one with personality. So I was listening and finally gave in and tracked my MBTI results and rewound the podcast. You and I share an ESTJ. Sure. Okay. Many people probably do. And you say, it just jives with my Libra. So that's funny. I'm also a Libra. I'm not in finance, but I'm in the software industry. This explains why I listen to your comments in the podcast and say, yeah, I agree, etc. And she says, anyway, thanks, ladies. Enjoying your podcast a lot. Val, I'm also in the Tacoma, Seattle area. And my hubby is also a Wicca for 30 years, 30 plus years. So shouts out, Carmen. Thanks, Carmen. I think, yep. I think she's a disgusser. She Thanks. And yeah, Jean says thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We have a save it for the show, guys. We do? We do. Yes, we do. We do. We do. All right. All right. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. So the topic of this save it for the show is bad reviews and reader distress. So you want to take it, Gene? Yeah. Well, since I'm around other fandoms for other authors, I've kind of come up with a really good rule of thumb and I would pass it along to everybody in the All Souls world. Stay the hell away from Goodreads. There's crazy people there. (laughs) No, seriously, there are a lot of reviewers on Goodreads who have agendas. Yes. And their agendas have nothing to do with whether they truly like a book or not, but more along the lines of whether it suits their agenda as how they think a book should be written. It can be everything from how can you have a romance where the hero flirts with another girl, right. you know, the, their, their idea of clean romance to they don't like the way the character develops because, well, that's not how it happened in their life. Right. Or then you have a third category who's built their own following by tearing other people down. Simple as that. Their their whole shtick is to mock books and it has nothing to do with whether they like them or not. They just like to make fun of them. So my advice is stay away from Goodreads. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you don't agree with a review and you love the book, you already bought the book. Why are you reading the review? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> So they don't agree with you. Why are you going to let that distress you? Yeah. I feel like I read a book. There's going to be parts that I don't like. There's going to be parts that I like. But I go with the overall feeling. Did it entertain me? Did it take me into another world? Did it make me think about things deeper? Did it make me question how I do things in my life? And these... This series did all of that it for me. It doesn't make me want to read it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But did it entertain me? Period. Was it worth the money? Absolutely. It was worth the money. Fine. I'm not going to go read somebody else's review and be like distressed because they don't agree with me. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I have better things to do. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, I-, I think a lot of the reviews on this series is the same thing that we kind of make fun of. The fact that Matthew kind of holds out and is, you know. Bossy. (laughs) He's bossy and he holds out and given, given all the sex, you know. (laughs) Well, but, but uh, we also accept the fact that that's how this character developed. Yes. I mean, he, he had had to be the way he is. I mean, it's not a criticism of how the book was written and that the book would have been better if it was written differently, but it's the things about that we love about him that also frustrate the crap out of us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 
what keeps us so engaged in this story after all these years. Our, yeah. our jabs are out of love. They're like your family. You know, you make fun of certain spots, but it's because you love the series so much that you take those jabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me complaining about, you know, Matthew not giving up the goods. That's just me putting myself in Diana's position. Like, no, come on. <laughs> But some reviewers of the, of this series, I don't know, they, they don't give it a chance, I feel like. There's a reason for everything and for them to be so outraged that Matthew's so bossy. I mean, it's a book. It's a fantasy novel. It's vampires, witches, and demons. You know, it's <laughs> let, let go. Just let's see where this is yeah. going first before you get all, uh, you know, indignant. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling your feminist credentials are, <laughs> are somehow in danger because you're having tingly feelings despite the fact he's you know, and right, he's bossy. Right. I mean, that's how ridiculous some of it is. It's like, <gasps> I mean, and this is not a quick and easy read. No, it isn't. As fast as no, you can I, read it, you can read it in two days and it doesn't mean that you've read it. Yeah. No. Like we're doing this reread right now and we're still getting things oh, yeah. after five years. Yep. Still getting things. After five, probably what, 15 rereads? More than that, I'm sure. I know. I'm just making an estimate. <laughs> making us look not that's crazy. My, Thank you. <laughs> that's my That's my guess for the day. No, but I get it. In, in our early days, you know, setting up shop five years ago, as we did, and looking at reviews and seeing reviews, and I felt a little angst when I saw people weren't totally enamored as I was of A Discovery of Witches or whatever, but you just learn, you just oh, yeah. learn to roll, let it roll up your back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you consider the yeah. source too. I mean, if you've, it, it, a lot of bloggers, and the thing is, it's like, Deb defies categorization. This is not a, a genre novel. This is not a paranormal romance. It, it was never designed to be, and it was never intended to be. And you've got some people who picked it up yeah. with certain expectations. And since the book didn't fit into their neat little box, they freaked right. out. And that's what you see in, I mean, especially if somebody goes hunting through old blog, blog, uh, reviews. Yeah. This is what you're going to find is that this isn't like Black Dagger Brotherhood. This isn't like da 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 da. It's like, well, no, it's not supposed no, to be. It's something entirely different on its right. own. Unique. Yes. So if you read a review and it's awful, don't feel distressed. Maybe there's something wrong with you. You like the book. You love the book and you feel insulted that somebody else wrote something bad. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't know what <laughs> you know there you go how's that (laughs) yeah so yeah that was our save it for the show and um we were gonna do some news but we're not gonna anymore there's no news in this episode because the day we're recording it is four days before the casting announcements on the tv show so yeah that was announced today recording day recording day this was announced on recording day yep 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 so yeah that's it for save it for the show and uh after this break we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of so start thinking of that guys Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash demonsdiscuss. Now become a discusser. And how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, 
Fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. I always expect there to be like a real break. <laughs> oh my God, it's like one second later. What's your thought? Let's, let's just wait for the music. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, I, I know what my, I remember what my last thought is. I can, I can, right. I okay, can start. Ahead. Okay. The, the thing I can't let go of is reading real history and imagining whether uh, one of our shadow of night type people or vampires may have assumed that or thinking about what real life historical figures our vampires would be likely to assume their identity. And the, the one that came up the other day with Angela and I, I mentioned to her, I, it was uh, Eustache Choupuy, uh ambassador who took uh, Catherine of Aragon under his wing and was sort of her champion after the divorce, is kind of a, a sole doppelganger of Fernando to me. Yes. He, he's, he's wise and comforting and also doesn't take any crap off of anyone and is almost as good at strategy as Baldwin is. So your theory is... And I think we had... Your theory He's a vampire. No, it's not even a theory. No, my theory. My, well, what I'm saying is that even when I read real history, sometimes I, you know, I can see also vampires in some of the real history things. Like, and the other one we we talked about before was good old Count Axel during the uh, terrors right. in France, right. who tried to rescue Marie Antoinette. It's like me going to, which sounds like something Baldwin would do. Yeah, it does. It's like me going to museums and seeing the All Souls world. Oh, I bet you I could picture that tapestry in a Declarement House. Jean reads history and she can picture a particular historical figure like Eustace Shepwee's and picture it as Baldwin or picture him as Baldwin. I mean, not, not, Fer- Fernando. No, no, Fernando. No, you, you, I, Fernando. I was going to say Baldwin. Yeah, Baldwin was the actual misspoke. person. That's okay. I miss, I miss speak all the time. <laughs> I just have Baldwin on the brain. That's all. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's that kind of chapter. Angela, you have last thoughts. Oh, jeez. You go, Valerie. Yes. Me? Yeah. Yes, Okay, you. so remember a few episodes back, I mentioned the shrimp, yo? <laughs> yeah, yo. Yeah, deep fried and battered, now I'm hungry. <laughs> the fandom has woken up. Oh, God, the sleeper has awakened. Yes, all of them. The fandom has woken up. So um, it's exciting. At the same time, it's a little frustrating to me because we've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know we had to wake up when the TV show was. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know we could take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Silly us. Oh, God. Yeah, there's that. That's It's frustrating a little bit to me, but it's exciting at the same time. Does that make sense? Oh, God, yes. So, uh, yeah, that was my last thought. Um, my other last thought is uh, definitely... Your last my last thought. last thought. Okay, so that was my thing I couldn't let go of. This is my last thought. All Souls Con. This is our last episodes, but last episode before mm. All Souls Con. Mm. Yep. Um, I don't know what to say about that. We will probably have a few episodes, or we're going to record while we're there. 
I think we've decided that. And we might put out a special edition while we're there because we're going to be there for five days. Five days. Um, So we'll put out an episode while we're there. Uh, It might be just a short, short episode. I don't think I'll have a whole lot of time to edit an episode, but it'll be something. (laughs) We we may have some discussers on the street. We don't know. (laughs) It's all going to be very fun and different. And maybe you'll hear a couple of A Billy Eichner? (laughs) 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 Screaming at people on Bourbon Street? (laughs) Have you read the (laughs) Yeah. You might get you might get Val on the wine. Oh no! Keep me away from the microphone if I do that. Oh my god! (laughs) As much as it would amuse Angela, yes, it would. Yes, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, if you're planning to go to New Orleans and you haven't bought your ticket, allsoulscon.org/tickets. And if you're planning on streaming, make sure you do the same thing. You're signed up. Allsoulscon.org/tickets. Same thing for you. So you cannot stream unless you're registered. So make sure you register. And I can't believe this is our last episode before All Souls Con. I know. That went quick. The world's going to change the next time we record. Yes. Wow. Yes. This is our last episode in our old world. Yes. This is going to be like BC, before yes, casting B- and after casting. <laughs> before casting and after casting. Because, okay. I was going to say BTV and ATV, before and after the TV announcement. Okay. So full disclosure, this is the 18th of August. Deb has just announced that uh, on the 22nd, we will know who at least some of the cast is, and it's going to be a big TV announcement event. So we're recording this now. You will have heard from us from our live live reaction to the announcement. Yes. Before you actually hear this episode. Yes. So, so this episode is going to seem like we're all la-di-da. It's because we did, really don't know anything yet in this episode. So go back and check out our special edition. That'll be before this one. Okay. Yep. That was my last one. <laughs> Back to Angela. <laughs> All right. Mine is a taunting last thought. And it's not taunting to you, but to the listeners is, I know what we're working on. And it's really cool. All the little projects and our little elves that sleep while the, while the sh- or that work while the, the shoemaker is asleep, as I say. It, yeah, yeah. It's yes. uh, around the corner. And uh, I can't wait for us to unveil piece by piece what we're working on. Yeah, it'll be cool. So many fun things. Yeah, we have some things down the wire, down the pipe. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all we'll say for now. Uh, okay. Yes. So let me thank everybody, okay? Thank you, Kate S., Kate H., Root, Camille, Carmen, Teresa, Michelle, and last but never least, Stephen. And we promise we'll take pictures when we catch the Green Fairy, a.k.a. La Fée Verte. And that's it. Let's say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Demon kiss. Talk to you next time, listeners. Peace out. Peace out. See you soon. Mm-hmm.